0: Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 484.
1: This week on the podcast, your favorite radical left lunatic, communist, and Marxist podcast hosts hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving.
0: Plus, Ron DeSantis adds another major Iowa endorsement that could lead him to only losing the state by 25% instead of 30. And always remember, AIPAC
1: is a conservative group.
0: Plus, everybody's leaving Congress because even America's last pension plan isn't worth the heartache.
1: And George Santos discovers a potential new drag persona in his latest unhinged rant.
0: We'll have all this and more.
1: This is Braintrust Live. Hey y'all, I'm Brent.
0: I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. That's right. Happy Thanksgiving. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We hope that you enjoyed a meal that was composed entirely of white foods. Right. And we are happy to report we didn't look at your photos of that food.
1: No. We looked at some, though. We looked at some
0: people's photos. I I just uh,
1: don't post food that doesn't look good.
0: That's right. If you are a member of Congress and you're like, I need to connect with my constituents, and to do that, I want them to know that we, too, have a family Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Take a photo of your family or of a tablescape or some other thing in your house with a a turkey. You don't have to show us a raw pie. (laughs) Which was maybe the
1: least offensive of the pictures that we saw, honestly. That's true.
0: Pete Buttigieg, for some reason, in posting his Happy Thanksgiving message, thought that the food item that would most endear him to the hearts and minds of Americans was a raw pie. A
1: raw apple pie. Are they
0: eating raw pie at the Buddha Judge house? <laughs> no, they can't be. They, they've they got to be cooking their pies, right?
1: In my head, he was just too afraid that he was going to be bombed by the time that thing came out of the oven. For him to I have made a social media think
0: post. think that he's that fun. <laughs>
1: I don't think he is either, but that's <laughs> I just... I bet
0: that they were as sober as people are on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I bet that they got into their business casual gear. For sure. Put the twins in some high chairs. Mm-hmm invited an assortment of midwestern people to their home and then
1: maybe this was the least offensive thing that was available to be photographed
0: and what did that pie look like when it was done
1: because they're in uh, presumably they were in indiana there were probably jello dishes there were probably a a lot of unfortunate looking things a lot
0: of things that involved cream of blank soup or cream in general or cheese that didn't need to be there or any of the foods
1: well that's what tim kane was doing
0: oh my god (laughs) this tim kane dish there was a very funny tweet by a someone named Eve Pom- Eva Palmer, who. <laughs> <laughs> Posted all of these and said, we need to shut down the kitchens of the Democratic Party until we can figure out what's going on in reference to Donald Trump's Muslim ban. Um, and then so you posted... to shut down the border. Exactly. <laughs> until we be, yeah. and, and then posted th- a, a series of three of the most unappetizing food photos I've ever seen in my life. Right. The raw pie. The raw pie from Pete Buttigieg. Tim Kaine's creamed onions a dish. A Kaine
1: family recipe. That's
0: right. A Kaine specialty. <laughs> creamed onions, exclamation point, which is creamed onions they that also has cheese on it.
1: Onions in swimming in whiteness, whiteness with yellow cheese. Sh- shredded yeah, ch- cheddar, I guess, maybe, on the top I hope. of it. It's,
0: I can't even begin to wonder.
1: The The problem is, is that none of these dishes, because we also saw a photo of Marjorie Taylor Greene's turkey. Right. Oh, and Kirsten Gillibrand's turkey. turkey. None of them are getting any color on that, them. That's They're right. They're not, like, you know, I know a lot of the food at Thanksgiving is brown, but also, you know... There's the saying, "Brown food is delicious food." Right. If you're getting like the appropriate brown right. on it, right? Not just because food the... food that's been un- cooked
0: to a brown <laughs> to, a, to a, an appropriate amount of brownness,
1: right? And none of none of these things had that. I mean, no. and Pete Buttigieg's problem was just that he it didn't cook his food right, at all; <laughs> didn't, it was uncooked,
0: like a raw um, pie. Has he ever been on the internet before?
1: I know, but Kirsten Gillibrand, and she also apparently, as you mentioned uh, to me, gave out all of her recipes, which okay. no one wanted because she posted a whole series of things on Instagram. A, a and series turkey... of uninspired
0: photos of mediocre-looking food. And she was
1: very, not a recipe writer, Kirsten Gillibrand, no. because she the caption was, first off, her photo of turkey had some um, slices of bacon that had been draped over it, which right. in theory is a sure. reasonable idea. Why not? But those had been cooked to within an inch of their lives. Without the where... turkey itself so, having been cooked. Right, so it was just like these...
0: It's an undercooked turkey burned, with burned right, yeah, bacon
1: exactly. on it. And then you see in the series of photos that burned bacon is removed from the turkey where it is still completely uncooked. And then it goes back in the oven, which again, I can say would maybe be a good idea but when she put it back in there she had tinted it with foil
0: yeah so she wasn't it wasn't gonna get any browner
1: i guarantee you there's no color on that skin when it came out finished from the oven
0: which we did fortunately did not see
1: we didn't see that she then gave us a
0: step-by-step of her stuffing recipe that
1: didn't look great it got
0: less appealing by the step and it didn't look
1: that bad but at least me that's the thing that i'm most precious about right on the Thanksgiving table because sure. I enjoy that I don't want anybody else to make it I don't want people to be putting sausage in it I don't want I don't want cornbread I don't want cranberries in it right. people are trying to do all kind of cocky, cockamamie things to people think that the stuffing is where you're supposed to be experimenting that's right. and you're not right. you're supposed to be taking some bread and some broth and some herbs and then like that's what you're eating that's that. that's that that's me anyway. right <laughs> um, she looks like she had some canned mushrooms in there probably that didn't look great. No. And that also looked barely cooked. Because that we saw the final yes. picture of.
0: And it was not the color that stuffing not has good. traditionally been in my experience.
1: <clears throat> and same with Marjorie Taylor Green. Her turkey, yeah. no color. And I have a theory about what happened to that turkey. Oh. Because this is a common problem amongst people who are cooking turkey this way, which is not necessarily a bad way to cook a turkey, but you have to get around it. I've done right. this before myself. She cooked it in a bag.
0: Oh, uh, Yeah. She did the bag cooking thing. She did the bag
1: cooking method. You have method. to
0: take it out and give it you color. You have
1: to you have to yeah. take it out at the end, which is not in. It's not in the recipe. Not one of the instructions on, on the bag. You have to know. So she, right, and she just didn't know. No. Well,
0: Lost where would she have found this out?
1: <laughs> right, not <laughs> yes. from not from any of thing her is, previous Thanksgivings.
0: Even in the case of Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I would say this is only true in the broadest of uh, senses. These people are professional politicians. They are not chefs, They're not chefs. and that is why. I actually didn't need to hear any of their recipes or see one shot of an uncooked pie from any of them. Right. All I needed was to know that they also celebrate Thanksgiving and were taking some time off as a way of telegraphing to all of us that we should all take some time off and be with our families, which is all that those posts are meant to project. Instead, they made Thanksgiving about labor. (laughs) (laughs) About the labor of cooking a disgusting meal that doesn't look good and doesn't, has not been in the oven long enough. Or <laughs> right. in some cases has been in too the long. oven too long.
1: That's the, thi- that's the thing about the, the Thanksgiving
0: turkey. is tricky when it comes to how long things should be in the right, oven. because
1: you want to cook it long enough to like, get the Maillard reaction. Oh. That just flew into my head. That's when you brown your food. That's, when you, bro- that's when you brown your food. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you also, that's the problem with turkey generally. Yeah. Right? Is that you buy a 700 pound turkey it's... and you have to cook it for like a day and a half and then like maybe there's one pound of that 700-pound turkey that ends up being tender. And the rest of it tastes like sod. I guarantee you. That was the first thing that I said when Grant... It was actually Grant who sent us this um, tweet, by the way. I was like, that turkey breast specifically, sawdust. Yes. Guaranteed.
0: It's really... Un, it's the trickiest of food holidays. And it's the one that people are the most focused on the food for, which is why it's so tricky. Because <laughs> cooking a good turkey is near impossible. It's hard. And every other holiday where you could theoretically eat a turkey, you could also theoretically eat something else. You yep. can have a ham and a roast beef on Christmas. Yeah. Oh,
1: it, yeah, because we always make turkey like, on Christmas, too. We, I've,
0: we've I've, <laughs> never, I've never seen my parents make a turkey outside of Thanksgiving. <laughs> we eat roast beef on Christmas. Sure. We don't have any ham holidays because we're not ham people. That's yeah. fine. But, like, there are... You, know, you don't celebrate,
1: you, we you don't don't celebrate it Easter because I don't so know what Easter is. you're not forced into a ham. No, exactly. to right. so see the previous 12 years of this podcast exactly. to understand the My grandparents Easter
0: were issues. ham people, though. They used to make oh, ham. Sure. So we we evolved away from ham over <laughs> a short period of time. <laughs> okay. But my point is, every other major holiday where you gather for a family meal, you have some options. <clears throat> like, not everyone's making turkey on Christmas. You know, there yeah. There are no obligations to make a turkey for any other holiday. Right. On Thanksgiving, you really only have one choice. Right, you're cooking it's a like turkey. It's like too bad if you the don't like game turkey. In town. Exactly. Yeah. And it's the hardest game in town. Yeah. And it would be nice if some of these people who are not using their ovens appropriately were not <laughs> goaded into trying to make the trickiest possible bird.
1: Right. Like yeah.
0: what? Make a chicken.
1: I know. That's what I did last year. I this year I did confit turkey legs. Prefer
0: a chicken. I know. Brent's Confi turkey legs looked good.
1: Highly recommend yeah. for a small crowd. That's yeah. the thing about that. You'd have to make right. you know, you'd have to make well, fifteen turkey legs for not a, you know, a turkey on earth that's over your
0: house. appropriate for a small crowd. And the problem with Thanksgiving with a small crowd is yeah. that you can't buy a small enough turkey.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing that I feel like people politicians and everyone, because I have a feeling if you're a listener to this podcast, you at some point in your life tried to cook a 25 pound turkey. Right. The answer, and I understand that this is annoying, and maybe you don't have the oven space. You have to cook two smaller turkeys. Yeah. If it's, you're trying to have edible turkey.
0: That's right. Yeah, a giant turkey is not going you're, to...
1: You're, you're not going to do it.
0: Or you can spatchcock your turkey, but then it, you don't sure. get the shot. Yeah. I mean, there are options. The point is you have to have opened a cookbook to know what those <laughs> options are. <laughs> that's right. And eating raw pie is an indication <laughs> that you didn't open this. the cookbook
1: I yet. I know. Yeah. And I expected more from the homosexuals.
0: It's... You're not the first person who's had that reaction that I've told about this. (laughs) (laughs) West Hollywood in general is livid. Right? (laughs) Come on. Here's the thing. I didn't expect more from Pete Buttigieg. I expect more (laughs) from the homosexuals as a people. Yeah. But as an individual, I just don't expect much from him. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. He's not, he doesn't come from a strong food region.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I come from the same region, so yeah, I know, I know, familiar. I know, it, I know it to be true. Yeah, yeah. So um, he tried. Trump wished everybody, quite literally everybody, <laughs> uh,
0: and he, he named <laughs> all the people. Listed them by name. A <laughs> uh, um,
1: happy Thanksgiving. Untrue social. We're gonna read it to you because, yeah. but buckle up because it's long and it's unhinged. And I'm gonna have to stop to tell you which words have quotation marks on Obviously. them because they're the wrong words. Uh, well, have quotation marks and on also, them. I
0: mean, he also he capitalized a bunch of words. I may not randomly. stop for the
1: capitalization because We're used we don't have all afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So imagine just
0: read them with a little flourish. Oh, you know? got it.
1: Okay. Happy Thanksgiving to all, including the racist <laughs> and incompetent Attorney General of New York State, Letitia quote Peekaboo James, who has let murder and violent crime flourish and businesses flee. The radical left, Trump-hating judge, a psycho, a psycho, oh, that's in quotes. quotes. Oh, God, this is going to take forever. (laughs) Arthur Engeron, who criminally defrauded the state of New York and me by purposely uh, valuing my assets at a tiny fraction. Tiny's in quotes. Tiny's in quotes, right, yeah. (laughs) Fraction of what they are really worth in order to convict me of fraud before even a trial and see or seeing any proof, and used his politically biased and corrupt campaign finance violator, Chief Clerk Allison Greenfield, to sit by his side on the, quote, bench <laughs> and tell him what to do. And crooked Joe Biden, who has weaponized his Department of Injustice injustice (laughs) against his political opponent and allowed our country to go to hell. (laughs) And all of the other radical left lunatics, communists, fascists, Marxists, Democrats, and rhinos who are seriously looking to destroy our country. Have no fear. However, we will win the presidential election of 2024 and make America great again.
0: He got everyone. He found everyone. Um... (laughs) You should also note that random capitalizations occur throughout this. Yeah, I Everything's a proper noun. Right? <laughs> the entire. The entire. I,
1: my favorite. Sentence, um, a paragraph. My, my favorite quotation is the um, the bench one. Yes, yeah, right. The <laughs> Allison like, Greenfield to sit by his side on, on the, the bench. The quote
0: bench. Well,
1: that's where also, they are. They're, they're like, on the bench. That doesn't need to be. <laughs> there's, there's no reason for that. Valuing my right. assets
0: at a quote tiny fraction of what they're worth. That's. if If you meant that ironically, then. Then you didn't mean it literally what you did. <laughs> like, I know. He's like, uh. he's a man who enjoys the um, expansive punctuatory options oh, of I know. the English language.
1: I know. And you want to know what's crazy is because like he obviously, he didn't go back and proofread this because like he never he, he would does never. such a thing. But like the fact that he didn't go back makes you sort of imagine that he, this all just flowed from him.
0: Oh, of course.
1: Right? I mean, like... There, like he could have delivered this in sit, person. Oh, yeah. He didn't sit down pen to paper and think about what he was... This was just like a, you know, this was like a rage. The laundry Th- this, list
0: of things he's oh, raging yeah. about in his head. That this entire thing
1: only took him 30 seconds.
0: Yeah. This do. is the list of people he's mad at. <laughs> right. And at the end of that list is always going to be the left, the radical left, lunatics, communists, fascists, Marxists, Democrats, and rhinos. Mm-hmm. Because he's got the, that's everyone. So because somehow he's like the the first of all he is the fascist. So that's some self hating for him. Like, I know. That's, but like I also I communists and Marxists and radical left lunatics. I mean that's a level of detail of the American left that I didn't expect him to sort of identify. Like I would say that a lot of people who identify as Marxists probably don't call themselves communists, but he no, does I'm I surprised know. he knows that. <laughs> I know. And he didn't say socialists. Oh no, he did. So didn't. we're in the clear.
1: <laughs> I, I think we're in the Marxists. Yeah, I uh, know.
0: Or the radical left lunatics.
1: Yeah. Um I'm happy to be most of those.
0: As long as I'm not in the Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. sighs> yeah, aside from the Rhinos and the Fascists, I could probably Yeah. Like, you know. I, I could probably handle any of these. Certainly I admire almost all of the people he named by name. Aside from Joe oh, yeah. Biden, I feel I feel like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: I feel like I'm it, Tish James, sure. Yeah. That's the cat that's the category of people <laughs> yeah. that we're looking for.
1: Oh man.
0: But so he probably had a happy Thanksgiving. Getting to oh, rage out oh, on oh, Social.
1: Yeah, that was a gotta be sure.
0: got to be the like mater D of a of a Mar-a-Lago festivity where, uh, yeah. you know, he got to seat people and then tell them about how great he's going to make America or whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Probably at the time of his life. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, we also have some updates about Mike Johnson. Obviously Congress is not in session right now. So we're getting some tidbits that have gotten left out of the sort of chaotic news cycle of the last few weeks. Right. About some of the players that we... <laughs> That we have been hearing about. And one of those is Mike Johnson, obviously, whose various uh, entanglements are becoming more and more problematic and numerous.
1: Yeah, well, and this is exactly what we said was going to happen the very first day after he became speaker and people started to be like, who's Mike Johnson? And this was, you know, one of the many reasons why he's not a great speaker, because he's too crazy, but also just because... There's just going to be a continual drip, 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 right? Right. Because it's just sort of like every time you look into a different part of his past, you realize that it's more nutty than the last time that you looked. And that's what we're seeing here. That's what
0: we're finding in this situation. (laughs) Because
1: we just learned very recently that he has ties to uh, this group that's called the New Apostolic Reformation, which is an extreme far-right Christian movement seeking to dissolve the U.S.'s separation of church and state by, quote, any means necessary. Oh,
0: a Christian paramilitary group.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Uh, they've also, um, so, and Johnson has um, fostered relationships with, like, a lot of their leaders, including um, Pastor Jim Garlow, who has hosted online prayer ses- sessions for, quote, U.S. election integrity. Cool.
0: So they're election deniers. Yeah. Uh,
1: though this is one of the groups that was very much also pushing, you know, all of the the big lies Obviously. that sort of, like, he was connected to um, when he was <clears throat> when he was himself pushing all
0: Someone this.
1: had to. Someone had to. Yeah. Yeah. But the, um, the the separation of church and state by any means necessary, that, nobody's looking for that.
0: Nobody. Well, also... A
1: lot of most, many Republicans, I assume, are not looking for that.
0: No. And I feel like this is an interesting movement in that it's sort of an intentional, like, not misread of the Constitution, but alternative read of the Constitution, where, like, these groups have just decided that the Constitution doesn't call for the separation of (laughs) church and state. That's just
1: not their belief. Yeah, because he got asked about it fairly recently and he said that the idea of the separation of church and state is a quote misnomer. He said yeah. people misunderstand it. Of course it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that Jefferson wrote. It's not in the Constitution. And what he was explaining is that they did not want the government to encroach upon the church. Not that they didn't want principles and faith to of faith to have influence in our public life. It's exactly the opposite.
0: Is it? Has he read <laughs> oh. anything else that Jefferson wrote? <laughs> I
1: don't think I don't I just don't think that's right, guys. Jefferson wrote
0: his own Bible <laughs> I
1: just don't think that's right.
0: No, yeah. and also I feel like this is yet another situation in which this is like the second amendment where they're like well it doesn't say anywhere the exact words that we're oh, saying right. when we say that guns aren't you know shouldn't yeah. aren't appropriate for regular life even though You know, like the left will argue with that, like, well, well well-regulated is a word that is used in the Second Amendment. A well-regulated militia means a regulated militia that's well, that's not just any regulation, but the best regulation. (laughs) (laughs) But but like, it seems like it's sort of of, uh, a similar thing where they're like, well, the First Amendment doesn't explicitly say separation of church and state, so that must not be what they meant. Right. Where it's like, well, that doesn't, those aren't the only words you could use to to portray that idea. Right. To... Yeah, relay exactly. that idea on Yeah, paper. because
1: constitutional and legal scholars believe that it's the establishment clause in the First Amendment right. that, you know, that, that stemmed from the separation of, or that's where, you know, we get separation right. of church and state, besides it having been mentioned. But to just,
0: Jeff, like, is- decide, like, over 200 years later that, like, a, a universal understanding of the, like, American government's obligation to us is just, like, not really literally written in the exact <laughs> way that <laughs> right. we would write I mean. it. So, like, obviously it's not there at all. Right. And instead they just wanted to protect the church from the government. Which is right. not even something the founding fathers would have thought to do. <laughs> because there was like not anyone challenging the church at that time. The church was challenging their political authority, but like right. no like and, and reading of history would ever lead you to believe that these drunk 20-somethings right. wanted to protect the church from them. Right. All, <laughs> all all
1: non-Christians, these guys. Right. By the way.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> all of them had like vague theoret- you know theological beliefs that weren't Christian. because Right, because like, well,
1: right, even the Jefferson Bible which you, meant, which you mentioned. It's not is a basically, Bible about the Christian Bible. Right, it's basically the New Testament where all of the magic is taken out. Exactly. <laughs> You're just left with sort of like the teachings of Jesus, where you're supposed to be a nice person, right? Right. Like, that's Which, what the Jefferson Bible is.
0: So, like the <laughs> th- just any like minor read of history does not support this position. Right. Not that they're doing. Well, a he minor hasn't, read done read, it hasn't done, I was done say. That <laughs> minor read. But like, it's just such a funny th- way of trying to rewrite history. So it's not. It's not that the church, you know, that we need to be protected from the church It's that the church has to be protected from us. Right. Like, what yeah. a wild <laughs> twist know. of. I know. <clears throat> Great. And also, um, the the church is a lot of things. I feel like these people also are so funny because they imagine that it's only their church that we're talking about. But, like, there are a lot of churches that are advocating principles that a Mr. Mike Johnson would not be in support of.
1: Uh, for sure. It's
0: pastors <laughs> that were helping women get abortions when the, you know, when, yeah. when before Roe was, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: It was the, the clergyman's right. society or whatever. It was and like, I'm
1: sure he would publicly claim that, like... All, we want to protect all faiths, mm-hmm. right? But then, and no, except we're not. For we're Muslims not, trying to, right. we're <laughs> not <laughs> trying to make a national religion, right? Except Christianity, but and then except that our Christianity. Can, right. Some of
0: these other Christianities aren't real Christianity. Right. I wonder if the way down lady counts in his conception of Christianity, because didn't she challenge some basic conception? The... Oh, you know she's, the HB... the she's the one with the hair. She's one with the hair, and the the one of the original ways that she got on everyone's radar was that she challenged some like basic conception of evangelical christianity oh. one that i don't understand it was something about like so and so is not the father it was like some kind of thing with the with the
1: oh the holy trinity the, the, the holy father trinity Son and, holy and i was like yeah, i don't sure, sure, understand sure. why this is important
0: but the <laughs> documentary is very much like it's important and i was like i guess i don't know i've never heard of this <laughs> in the first place but like it was something like that where she challenged some minor technicality in the, like, basic conception of the Holy Trinity that yeah. evangelicals share. Sure. And then everyone was like, oh, she really thinks she's a cult leader. And I was like, <laughs> it's not her hair that gave you that <laughs> indication. It's her in, intent on some arbitrary, like, technicality yeah. in the Bible. Sure.
1: Ooh, there's some new cult documentary on HBO. I started it. The one where the, with the mummified woman?
0: What? <laughs> I started the one on Netflix with the people. Oh, the Twin the, Flames. The Twin Flames. I and started I couldn't that it. understand what their grift was. <coughs> the, the documentary does not do a good job of getting you to the point of the grift. And so the whole time I was like, when do they take everyone's money? I don't understand. What uh, the, yeah. like, it's like, sure, is it a problematic group where they give you bad advice? Absolutely. But that's all cults. And also, that's not worthy of a documentary. There's a thousand cults that have done that. I want to know, like, where where is the grift? At what point was everyone defrauded? That's where sure. you know that you have a cult documentary on your hands.
1: Right. This was about this cult called um, Love Has Won, mm. and it was like a small cult, but it was run by this woman. The best cults um, are. Uh, Amy Carlson, and she uh, she was um, Mother God, like mm-hmm. basically like complain or like proclaimed that she was like Mother God, and you she of to. course had a million different sort of like Father Gods, you know. Uh, had, I would hope know, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Men have been doing that enough. Um, but anyway, they, when they, and I'm not giving anything away because they start the, basically the cold open is them yeah. sort of like the feds coming in at the end and sort of like ransacking the, the, the house. But like, it got to a point where like she was mummified and was like sleeping in her bed, like in her, you know, followers were what? sort of like taking care of the. Like Ho Chi Minh, <laughs> body. Yeah. Did
0: she get embalmed so that she was like Ho Chi Minh, and then they could put her? Well, I don't. In a I mean, I think they were doing I'm forever. sure that they it's probably looked embalmed. up how to.
1: Do, <laughs> <laughs> they looked up how to do this on YouTube, right? For sure. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know about that one. I'm glad because yeah. the Twin Flames one was disappointing because they definitely the cult leaders in that one definitely have crazy eyes, and so I was like, this is going to be great because look at how crazy their oh, eyes are. These, yeah. And they kind of start as, like, New Age cultists who then, like... That's what
1: these... That's right, what create,
0: like, it's yeah, nah. sort of like their Christian New Age cultists, ultimately. They kind of, like, fold their New Aginess into Christianity yeah. in an attempt to, like, make people get married or whatever. But I just, it, I couldn't figure out what the grift was. I was like, where is the scheming?
1: That, you're going to find This is that, just bad
0: advice that right. dumb people on the internet are You're going to find
1: out. that here because we watched okay, great most of the first episode and uh, Jeremy and I kept looking at each other and being like, when does the bad stuff kick in right. because it certainly does at some point but yes. like for and I guess most cults start this way well to yeah. a degree but I mean it seemed like you know 12 people in a house just like permanently stoned yeah and doing some mushrooms and then just like deciding that they all want to sort of like live together and then have sex and it's sort of like right.
0: that's, that's maybe the not the life that I cult. would
1: choose but like that's like I'm not... That's like, like the Sullivanian thing. Live your life. Like I'm. But it obviously goes to a dark place at some point. <laughs>
0: that's, I feel like I am happy for any group of cultists that want to just like live in a free love house. That's like... The problem is what happens five years after you've been doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, you yeah.
0: You've got to time limit yourself in the free yeah. love house. You cannot stay in the free love house. It will turn into a bad cult. <laughs>
1: right.
0: It's the fun cult where you get invited to lots of parties is only the beginning. But I feel like some people don't know to get out, you no, know. That's the but that's problem. I was like with the twin flames one; it all seemed to be happening on the internet, and so I was like, "Oh yeah, you guys aren't. There's not. It's not a free love cult. It's, the love is very expensive in that cult, and I I know I yeah. don't understand who's paying who for what services here, right? And where the fun is, because the I other know. thing is, you want a good cult story starts with fun, and it ends with horror. <laughs> you know, yes. it's like that's what you that's. What all of the, the Wild Wild Country is like a bunch oh, of hippies yeah, living sure. together in a fun-seeming yeah. community, and then it's like things yeah, going even really the bad. vows, like That's, they were having exactly. a lot of fun playing volleyball, exactly. With each
1: other, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, so much so, volleyball, so being much played, volleyball uh, at Nexium. I don't know. Right?
0: No, it's a, it was a great, and, and they were getting professional enrichment. Yeah, you know, and then it just it took a turn. <laughs> That's what you're looking for in a cult documentary. If you start where everyone's just dis- sort of like dissociated and boring, and what they, you can't go anywhere interesting with that. <laughs> That's some advice for future documentarians looking to find a good cult to cover. <laughs> right. Um, uh,
1: what's next? We're a, we were doing a podcast <laughs> earlier.
0: <laughs> we have some other stories about religious leaders being problematic in various ways. Oh yeah, ways. so
1: we might we might veer off into talking about cults again this, during this next story. Right. Also. We have two
0: more stories because where cults to... might be mentioned. <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: Um, Desantis got another big Iowa endorsement. Mm-hmm. And this one, I'm very interested to see how this goes. Because it's from Bob Vanderplatz, who is the head of this group called um, the Family Leader, which is some nutty operation that's affiliated with um, Focus on the Family, which right. is the national organization. And he is a very big player in the sort of evangelical world. There, like people, and like you've probably heard his name
0: as an endorsee in 100%, past elections.
1: Like, and and that is what I find to be very interesting about this because his endorsements have been very powerful in the past. Because you'll think back to some previous Iowa caucuses, and there have been some, maybe not necessarily upsets, because we've now sort of like grown accustomed to, you know, Christian nutbags winning the Iowa caucus. Right. But they weren't always necessarily projected to win the Iowa caucus until Bob Vanderplatz came around to a certain degree. Because I think a lot of people in the state really point to his endorsements as. Pushing some of these sort of surprise winners over the edge, like Rick Santorum, right? Right. Like that was sort of like a that that was a real Bob Vanderpoel special, right? Like who would have you barely remember that he did, you know? Right. You know, and then you've also you know you have got the Mike Huckabees and you've got the other people who have ended up winning the Iowa caucuses, and so I just it's going to be interesting because he's he's obviously you know DeSantis is still way behind Trump, yeah, um, in Iowa less so in Iowa than he is in some of these national polls, but like still. Like, miles behind.
0: <laughs> and also, so, <clears> the reason that <throat> Vandervatz gave for um, giving Santorum the endorsement is because he's not convinced Trump is committed enough to a nationwide abortion ban. Which he's which not. Is, he's not, but it's also so funny because... Trump is who got them the Supreme Court justice to overturn Roe. <laughs> I know. Like, they've got more progress on this issue under Trump than under any past president. Right,
1: for the last, since they started trying. Exactly. 60 years ago.
0: I think that they're all <clears throat> salty because they didn't want anything to succeed. Because now they're, they, it's like they don't have a rallying yeah. issue without abortion. So it's yeah. like, what are they going to do? What are they going to talk about? Yeah. What power does Bob Vander Plaats have if there's a nationwide ban on abortion? Who needs yeah. to hear from him after that? <laughs> right. <No. laughs> Hey, so no. maybe he was like let's go with someone who's definitely a loser they'll take up like mm-hmm. um,
1: uh, we have to start stoning well, gay people I was gonna something. say they're gonna, get, they're gonna have
0: to the problem they're gonna have with that is unlike abortion where only like only 50% of the population can get pregnant anyone can be gay <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah. that suddenly becomes a personal interest of every single person including men so like nah. you know you gotta pick the right battles there's a reason <laughs> they keep not winning on this issue Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. Um
0: <clears throat> Trump tr- was salty about it though.
1: Yeah, he was salty about it and sort of implied that maybe DeSantis had paid for the endorsement. And look, maybe he did. Uh,
0: probably. <laughs> this is gonna be interesting though, because the other thing that's different about this election, aside from Trump just being this weird behemoth in it, is that this is the first year that there's only a Republican caucus. Yeah. So like there's not anyone to like pull focus from this kind of news. there's not like interesting things happening in the democratic primary there sadly sadly um but so not only you know it's an incumbent year also but it's also the first year that the caucus is now like basically owned by the gop yeah so like that's and they might maybe be worried that they're gonna that they're seeing some writing on the wall about whether that's even a forever thing for them because i i just think it becomes hard to kind of justify the um the, the sort of institutional outlay that the caucus requires if it's only being done for one party. It becomes a much more expensive operation. It has less, it's less beneficial because it doesn't, you know, like there's like a real economy around the caucuses in Iowa. Like, For sure. You know, you got people touring to all 99 counties or whatever. Why do I even know there's 99 counties in Iowa because of the caucuses? (laughs) Like there's, there's like a whole kind of, there's like a, a huge local media um, presence in uh, yeah. Iowa, which doesn't exist anywhere else. Like all of these things might start folding, which might make the caucuses more expensive because, you know, yeah. it might make it harder to get the media attention. Yeah. When you go to the small towns, it'll be more expensive to get to them. There'll be fewer <clears> people <throat> that show up, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I'm interested to see what that does to uh, this. This is sort of an interesting year for the caucus for that region reason, and for endorsements. Yeah. So maybe they're all making wild choices right now. Maybe. They're like, let's do everything, right? Who knows?
1: Be curious to see what kind of movement that that gives them exactly if any
0: yeah hopefully it gives them none <laughs> right hopefully no I mean... one has any movement hopefully <laughs> well, they not all right now. just disappear <clears> into it <throat> a...
1: yeah you know I saw something of course you know I think I'm I I think I probably saw Marianne Williamson post it herself because I follow her on yeah the obviously media, you do obviously but um you know because there's Obviously, all of this movement now toward supposedly toward um, Nikki Haley, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's now in second. She's like close to. Well, there would be a new front runner runner of the losing
0: race uh, emerging around now.
1: Like, I think when you take like the average of like all of the polls, Nikki Haley is at the exact same percent that Marianne Williamson is, and I don't (laughs) and I don't say that like.
0: uh, uh, Yeah, I love to
1: talk about Marianne Williamson on this podcast, but like the the what's weird about additionally this caucus, I think, is that like. There's like this weird, it's like I I don't know, there's like two competitions going on. Or, mm-hmm, yep. or, or really only one, but it's not to actually be the winner. Right, there's, <laughs> the, know there's I mean? the second it's, it's place like, loser
0: competition. Right,
1: there's like, there's the competition to actually win, which will only be won by Donald Trump. So that's like not even a real competition. Right. And then there's the secondary competition that is like, who will get second place with 13% of the vote? Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Who can Which is say like, they had a blowout all,
0: night in and it's, Iowa? And it's, such a,
1: and it's such a bizarre thing to sort of like all have to. The reason that I brought up the Marianne thing is also just to sort of just like even nationally, it's such a bizarre thing to sort of like have to care about as the yeah. news media. And I would contend that they don't have to care about it. And I would also contend that if you're going to care about Nikki Haley, then right. you should actually at least like vaguely pretend that Marianne Williamson is a real person.
0: Yeah. It's just,
1: it's so so weird. Don't like Marianne Williamson,
0: but I couldn't agree with you more that if Nikki Haley's getting this kind of press attention, Marianne deserves it too. It's
1: bizarre. They're both like, you know, 12%. Right, (laughs) exactly. You know?
0: No, I mean, I think that part of the reason that we end up with... These weird. I mean, you know, part of the reason that someone like RFK has decided not to run, he's ahead ahead of both of them, them. and not not that I even want him to be getting more attention, but I I also think that you get a better opportunity to sort of interrogate where people's heads are at if you are giving coverage to the you know the second place and third place people in these races, and because we're pretending because we wish that we had a competitive primary going on on the right, we're like, and we're used to sort of pretending we don't on the left. I feel like we're giving a we're, we're giving these second and third place people very unequal weight, obviously. But yeah. also, if you know, if we're gonna pretend there's a never Trump movement, we can pretend that there's a never Biden movement, or that there's a frustrated uh, right. with Biden movement, or that there's just right. like a we're kind of annoyed and with like an alternative movement.
1: Well, and we've talked a million times about how you know competitive primaries end up helping the winner yeah. anyway. But beyond that, I just also feel like even if we're not gonna pretend like there's a competitive primary, I feel like Biden would benefit from. A news media that asked Mary, Marianne Williamson supporters why they were support- supporting supporting yes, Marianne Williamson.
0: Totally. Just ask any questions about why people aren't supporting him, so that he like, could think to himself, "Why
1: aren't people supporting me?" But nobody's interrogating that. No, you know what I mean, it's exactly. just sort of like, and I think it's just because they are scared to give voice to it. But like, if he knew, then like he could be like, "Oh, well, maybe I could."
0: Right, also I could come around on some stuff.
1: Or, right, exactly. I
0: right. also think that they treat people who aren't. You know, sort of like voting. They're not doing this on the right because the obvious, insane thing to do is to vote for Donald Trump. Right, right. On the left, they treat people who don't want to vote for Joe Biden as if they're not oh. rational. Oh, for and sure. And so because of that, an they're an like they're not even of, worth asking. An
1: enemy of democracy. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and like, I mean, we saw that. You know, when a few years ago, what was it in 2016 or whatever, we went and we went to a Greens rally and we interviewed Jill Stein.
1: Yeah.
0: And we talked to people at the rally about what they were doing there and why they were Greens. And almost all of them began with, I was never a Democrat.
1: <laughs> right. I, like, yeah. th- or
0: <laughs> I, most of them just said I didn't used to vote. Yeah. Or this is the party that got me engaged in politics. There were some young people there that were like, this is the, the party that got us engaged. Yeah. We, we weren't engaged before this. And like... I think understanding just the basic things about where those voters were coming from was really helpful to us. It yeah. would be really helpful to a Democratic candidate who's wondering, okay, instead of just complaining that Greens aren't voting for me, how do I get them to vote for me? What do right. I need to say? What do I need to do? Like, these are all, or even, you know, Sanders supporters who right. are, you know, who are not. But, that. They
1: wanna, but then they don't have anybody to blame. But then they
0: can't blame anyone, <laughs> which is because they have to do their juvenile thing where they're like, it was the voters' fault, not us. Yeah. Which is never the voters' fault, as we say all the time on this podcast. But give them an opportunity to not have it be the voters' fault. Right. Like, (laughs) give the voters a chance (sighs) to tell you what they want. Yeah. In any case, it's wild. Also wild, APEC coming for Rashida Tzliab. Which, I mean, of course course they they are, are. but, like... But, like, don't be assholes. I know.
1: They really seem to be up to some serious shenanigans here, although they're claiming that they had nothing to do with it, but... Well, they're just,
0: like, a conservative force inside the Democratic Party, and they're because of... And they have money. And they have a lot of money, and because of the situation in Israel, they have a lot of sway at the moment. Right. And this is, like, just... They they should be treated for what they are, which is a conservative force within the Democratic Party. Right, that's what... I mean, I, I just... And they
1: give to Republicans too. They give. I mean, they they give to to, to whoever. They're conservative force in America. Right. Exactly. But apparently, so they're not the only
0: Jewish voices. By the way, I think a lot of people also want to pretend like APAC is like the voice of the Jewish community in Congress, and that's not true. Sure. They are a voice of a very conservative Jewish community, and and also an evangelical Christian community. And some
1: of these huge, you know, protests and rallies that have been happening too have been being organized by um, yeah, like Jews for Peace. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, there's this there's the Senate candidate um, whose name is Hill Harper, and he's running in the Democratic primary for the Michigan Senate seat. And apparently he got a phone call asking if he would drop out of the Senate race and primary to leave and they would give him 20 million dollars for his race.
0: Outrageous. It's crazy. This kind of thing is how you end up losing 20 million dollars (laughs) because my guess is we said no. Well, yeah, good.
1: <laughs>
0: but I mean, like, this is the kind of thing where voters don't like being played for fools when it's when there's actual fool playing going on. Yeah, You know, like, when something nefarious like this happens, voters kind of start showing up for interesting people. So even if you think they're getting sick of her shenanigans and we finally have an opportunity, the one way to guarantee that they will... Uh, remain open to her shenanigans, oh. is to try to fund a dark horse, like, I mean, a dark money candidate against they her. They
1: have, whether it was AIPAC or otherwise, the, the DNC has come for her in every single they, one they of her primaries. To, they come, right?
0: they came for AOC. They, they don't, yeah. they're trying to get rid of the squad actively. It only increases their vote share every time. I know. <laughs> like, it's such a foolish strategy. I know. The thing that you could do to discredit them would be to make them seem like establishment candidates. For sure. Those districts didn't vote for Rashida Tliab because they thought they wanted an establishment candidate in there. Yeah. If you made her look establishment, if you made her look like she was now part of the problem, you could probably get rid of her easily. Instead, <laughs> right. they keep trying to fund bigger problem people to I know. run against her. And it's like, of course the voters don't want that.
1: No, they don't. Yeah. But anyway, this call apparently came from this guy, Lyndon Nelson, and they were going to split the campaign money between $10 million in bundled contributions to Harper's campaign and $10 million into um, uh, independent in, uh, expenditures. And this Nelson character has donated to groups to unseat to before, yeah. but this also has a history of involvement with APAC. So that is sort of how everybody was sort of like, oh, APAC is up for shenanigans again. And, and listen, maybe we can, like, let's say there's a world where APAC wasn't behind this $20 million call. Right. Fine. We know for certain that they've been behind a million other different calls of similar things. challengers thing. against this is what they're all doing. of these squad it's members all the time. This is how Summer Lee almost didn't get elected yeah. this last time around. Uh, Summer Lee, Ilhan Omar, and Cory Bush all have democratic challengers who are out in the world right now touting their pro-Israel rhetoric of course. and their voting uh, on voting records. Yeah. So like you know, I mean, okay, APAC. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> maybe you maybe you weren't responsible for that call, but like we see you. Yeah. Right? They were also like very responsible for making sure that Nina Turner didn't get Mm -hmm. elected. And they're not also, that's the other thing too that I feel like is a little nefarious is that they are, if they decide that they don't like you, in regard to like something that you've done it you know, or said or voted or whatever in regard to Israel, they will sort of take you down on something completely different. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. they they were the ones who were sort of like funding all of the stuff to take down Nina Turner, but they were running ads talking, you know, highlighting how Nina Turner, what was that quote about how like voting for Biden was choosing between you know oh, e- right. eating a bowl of shit and whatever. You know what no, I mean, yeah. like, They basically went after her for, you know, for not so, for Biden enough. Right. It didn't have anything to do like yeah. so they're sort of like getting into these primaries and spending a bunch of money and highlighting issues that they don't even really care about, just no. just to meet their end, essentially, yeah. is what they're doing. No,
0: they're real end meters. And the <laughs> end that they're looking to meet is a conservative end. Don't let yeah. them tell you what A, you what should, the right. Jewish community thinks. Right. Don't let them tell you what who you, should be, for, who you should be voting for. Like don't they, they are a conservative interest group.
1: Yeah. They
0: are not a specific interest group beyond that. Um, and yeah. and they are acting as a conservative interest group, and I think one of the things that makes them so dangerous is that they speak as if they have the authority of the Jewish community, yeah, right. and they say things that endanger the lives and well-being of Jewish people all over America because they say atrocious, heinous, racist shit all the time, <laughs> right. and make it sound like that came from the Jewish community, which it did not. Right. You know, so don't, this is a conservative interest group that is largely funded by the same evangelical bullshit that, you know, is waiting for the rapture so that all the Jews can go back to Israel. This is not, this is not how you support people in a trying time of any stripe. (laughs) Just FYI. Because I feel like that's how they often present themselves when shit blows up in the Middle East. Oh, yeah, right. And that is not a fair conversation to be having. Their involvement is only problematic, like basically ever. Um. Maybe because of all of this bullshit, people are leaving Congress in droves. And <laughs> some like something like three dozen people have announced that they're not running for re-election. And Crazy. it's notable not I mean, people retire every session oh, and that's yeah, fine. For sure. It's notable because it does look you know, people are kind of expecting the Democrats to retake the majority if people can stop acting a fool in New York State, um, in the next election. And yeah. So usually there would be, like, a, a bunch of GOP announcements. But a bunch of Democrats are leaving, too, just because they're like, this is bullshit and I hate it. <laughs> right. And so there's a, and there's people also leaving to run for other offices. Yeah, so, right. like, 11 people are leaving to run for Senate. Five are running for state or local office. Dean Phillips is running for president. Somebody, a Republican uh, member, is resigning to become a university president. This is, like, what Ciceline did from Rhode Island did recently.
1: All right, But he didn't even and wait till it was true. He, He's just like... Yes. <laughs> and I'm...
0: There's nothing I like less than... People who leave office in the middle of a term to just like fuck over their constituents. <laughs> right. So like, I th- if he's you know resigning to become a university president, I think I think he's also leaving before the end of the term, if I'm not wrong.
1: No, I think he is. They, right? Didn't they yeah. just had they just had the special election Yeah, they to just had the, him, yeah. I
0: think. yeah. No, not to the guy, the um, the no, Republican the who's Island, yeah. doing it. No, not oh, no, no.
1: Oh, Cécilean was the. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cécilean
0: already left oh. a long time ago. Bill Johnson from Ohio. I think he might be leaving midterm also. Right. I yeah. don't know that for sure. So hold your fire on that. Um, and then, but a bunch of people are just leaving because Congress sucks and they hate being there. Yeah. Um, so you have like a few people who are like Abigail Spanberger. We heard was leaving to run for governor in Virginia. Uh uh-huh. um, Dean Phillips obviously running for president. Bill Johnson, like I said, leaving to become a university president. But then there's you know like Earl Blumenauer, who is a Democrat from Oregon, is just leaving. Um. Sure. Dan Kildee from Michigan is also just leaving and said, this session has been, quote, the most unsatisfying period in my time in Congress because of the absolute chaos and the lack of any serious commitment to effective governance. <laughs> he's only been in office, I think, for like 10 years, which is too much, but not, in, you know, yeah. some of these people have been there for 30. Um, he also just underwent treatment for cancer, so he might just be like, no, who has time? Sure. But like, there's some, like Kay Granger, who's the head of the Appropriations Committee, she's a Republican from Texas. Uh-huh. She's been in Congress for like 30 years. And she's like 80. But that's yep. never stopped anyone before from running for <laughs> no, Congress. Sure and she's, she's been in Congress for 14 terms and she's leaving now. Yeah. Probably because she's just like, fuck all of this. Yeah. Um, and then also Anna Eshoo, who is a California Democrat, is mm-hmm. going to be leaving just because she's sick of it. We know Ken Buck is leaving. Oh, yeah, um, right. And he's leaving because he's at odds with his entire caucus because they won't condemn January 6th. <laughs> right. So uh, that's a problem. <laughs> Debbie Lesko from Arizona is leaving. And then, you know, we have Joe Manchin also leaving on the uh, Senate side. Yeah. And that seat, we're going to lose that seat, obviously. Not yep. that we had, it, had a very strong <laughs> grasp on right. it. Um, and then we have George Santos. Who's also leaving, for obvious reasons, those being that he'll probably be in jail.
1: I know. He did. Yeah. He finally announced that he wasn't running. I can't yes. remember if I... I think that
0: we might have mentioned that in the maybe. last segment, like, but it might we have definitely,
1: just... We definitely talked about his, you know, Botox, Sephora, and yes. um, OnlyFans situation exactly. last week, but I can't remember to. if he had said... Yeah. yeah. Um, but, so, after all of that came out, um, you know, uh, House, House Ethics Committee Chairman Michael Guest introduced another resolution to expel him after that report came out. So I'm assuming that they're going to probably take that up. Yeah. um, They're never going to expel him, you guys. I know.
0: They don't want to set that precedent. All of them are criming. They can't Uh, afford it.
1: Well, and that's what he, that's what Santos took to X spaces, Twitter spaces, to rant about for three hours. (laughs) Uh, And he, there's some doozies in here. uh, Because he just, like, literally, I think this was like last Friday, just like, went on a wild rant for three hours. So, um, and he... We're just going to give you some tidbits because we can't obviously, you know, (laughs) recount the entire three hours. But there were some pretty notable quotes in here. He went after Guest specifically, the chairman of the Ethics Committee, and said, um, uh, he he should be a man and stop being a pussy and call the damn notion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he also um, uh, compared himself to Mary Magdalene for some reason. He's... (laughs) He said within the ranks. I think it's out for obvious reasons. He said within the ranks of the United States Congress, there are felons galore. There's people with all sorts of shysty backgrounds, and all of a sudden, George Santos is the Mary Magdalene of the United States Congress. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he also sort of like had harsh words for everybody in the House because he said he uh, he accused them of acting like they're all in their ivory towers with pointy hats and they're untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> pointy hats. Um, But then he also, like, went on to talk about, like, how there were felons galore. There's people with all sorts of, oh, backgrounds. He said, I'm not running for re-election because I don't want to work with a bunch of hypocrites. It's gross. (laughs) Um, Oh, and then there was this other part of it where he, like, that got a lot of news because he was talking about how people are drunk all the time there. He said, I have have colleagues who are more worried about getting drunk every night with the next lobbyist that they're going to screw and pretend like none of us know what's going on and sell off the American people. Uh, He said... uh, some do not show up to vote because they're too hungover or whatever the reason is, or not show up to vote at all and just give their card out like fucking candy for someone else to vote for them. This shit happens every week, or this shit happens every single week. Where are the ethics investigations?
0: I want him to stay in there as a whistleblower.
1: That's what everybody in response to this entire, like, there was only one thing that anybody said after this entire three hour rant, and it was name names.
0: Right. And even if they're fake,
1: name even if you're lying, if you're a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills watcher, a, name them.
0: I have you seen suddenly this no, I haven't, but I. Oh boy. I bet I will.
1: Anyway, That's, well, I, I, you my should. new lifestyle. Yeah, you got to keep up. Been,
0: I got to keep up.
1: Yeah, and you should start watching Salt Lake City too while you're at it.
0: Oh, well, I've <laughs> been watching Salt Lake City.
1: Oh, you have? <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Why isn't this a Real Housewives of Salt Lake City <laughs> podcast <laughs> yes. already?
0: Because I'm doing it against my will, but I am doing it. God, it's a it's a it's rough. I out mean, there. you're
1: not not enjoying it.
0: I mean, yeah, no, I'm not, not enjoying okay. All right. Wait. The Salt Lake City one, I've been very distracted because there's a character on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City who is doing her eye makeup in such a way that her eyes look like they are directly next to each other. Um, who is it? Which one? Well, I don't know their names, obviously, but one of them's eye makeup is making me want to punch her somebody in the face. What's she look like? Like a person whose eyes are too close together. Oh,
1: I'm going to have to look at this. Maybe because I'm just used to looking at all. I think you're point. just
0: used to looking at it because... Is it
1: the one that looks inbred? It's <laughs> probably...
0: <laughs> There are a few. I don't, think, that, I
1: don't think Heather Day looks in, inbred. Just to be quick. I want to be, wanna be on the record.
0: But it's. I know that it's Salt Lake City because people keep talking about various Mormon things that they're up to. Yeah, I'm sure, pretty sure that I'm talking about the right Real Housewives. Well, I've watched are. a few of them now, so I don't know which yeah. is which. But there is a character on Real Housewives of somebody whose eye makeup is such that you know how like you learn that if your eyes are close together, you don't line your inner, um, like the inner part of your eye. Is it Meredith? I don't know. I could google it right now.
1: Yeah, google the cast. I need to know who you feel this way about.
0: We'll find out that I'm talking about an entirely different show. I'm mixing up my reality shows. Um because I oh it's um it's Angie
1: Oh, Angie K. Sure. Yes.
0: I just feel like She's new. Not Mormon. She's not Mormon. Greek Orthodox. She is lining her eyes in such a way that her face looks weird. And she doesn't have That's to. Fair. She didn't... I saw one shot of her where her eye makeup was not done in the same oh, way and I was like, she looks okay. normal now. Like,
1: she's got a lot of work done. Also, that.
0: Well, everyone's got a lot. I mean, None of these appreciate. people have normal faces. That's <laughs> not a concern of mine. Um, but I'm so distracted by her weird eye makeup. Interesting. Okay. It's just poorly... It's, it's the wrong choice for her.
1: Huh. Because I'm sure Glam has done it to her. I
0: no, know, I know. She's paying, somebody,
1: she's to do paying to somebody to do that to her. She's paying somebody
0: to do that to her. And it's like she's going to events with this very crisis of brewing and it's just not oh my gosh it's I'm very distracting to, i'm gonna have to be on the lookout. yeah no you're gonna have to okay. <laughs> in any case that's the news this week because it's thanksgiving yeah
1: and i feel like we still did we still go on for an hour i bet we did probably
0: It'd be just like oh us. not quite 48 minutes yeah you'll get some time back in your day <laughs> you're like don't you love in business meetings where they're like i'll give you 15 minutes back and you're like no no this whole meeting was stolen. It's not, you're not giving me the gift of 15 minutes.
1: Have you been getting the um those TikToks? What's her name? Uh, corporate, is it Corporate Aaron? Natalie? Is that what her name is? There's no, a I bunch of was, corporate um, Somebody's. I feel like Corporate Aaron is the one. I'm going to have to, I'm, I, don't, I don't know. Hold on. I just opened my TikTok and then it's going to start playing. We'll talk later. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's, anyway, I'm pretty sure it's Corporate Aaron. Yeah. But it's, this I,
0: love, exact, I love those. This, these yeah. exact situations.
1: left that exact
0: right. place. Right. Right, a place where uh, you get fifteen minutes back of your own day. That was the time that they stole from you. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm right. familiar. Um, yeah. That's the news this week. We'll be back. Bye. You know, bye. <laughs>